gentle persons live from the capitalist media recording studio being beamed into and disseminated from comedycigarsmusic.com phil Carut. i am cap capluitz media you could call me capluitz because my friends call me cap this is episode number 22 of first and 15th deuces are wild in this episode so strap yourself in put on a helmet and look both ways before crossing the street to press play on this particular episode and phil i'm tired i'm i'm actually feeling pretty chipper i got I up just, this morning i got up that this morning me out you know i did i got up this morning i i had a little workout ate some and make sure to find out more dot. <laughs> xyz capitalist media make sure to find out more sorry i forgot to throw that in oh Uh, yeah don't forget to go to www.comedycigarsmusic it's spelled as it sounds.com i I mentioned that didn't i mention that yeah you did maybe yeah i don't know yeah i think i was just riffing i might have mentioned i meant to mention it yeah to mention i'll give you an honorable mention honorable that was there we go so, so anyway, you're mentioning, speaking mm. of mentioning, you're mentioning something about breakfast. breakfast. Yeah, I, got, I got, got up this morning, worked out, had breakfast, played drums for, I was going to go down for 10 minutes, ended up playing for 15. And oh, you then naughty I, guy. I know. Then I came out here and started chatting with, chatting with you. Mm. Wow. So Saturday morning here, what is it? Nine, nine nineteen a.m. And I've been up for maybe about an hour at this point. I got up in the morning. I did the dishes from everybody's late night snacks last night. And uh, well, that's another story. The late night snacks, the bread making. We'll get to that in a little bit. But anyway, uh, then I listened to my favorite podcast. No offense to First and 15th, of course. But uh, my favorite podcast is old replays of the classic NPR radio show, Click and Clack the Car Guys. Was oh. it the car talk, car talk radio? Is that the actual name? I think anyway. that's what you said. Yeah. Last time. Yeah, and and uh, listen to that. And then, uh, then flagged you down and let you know, I was ready to roll here. Yeah. You know, drop some tracks, right. Bust some rhymes. Yeah. You know, yep. yeah. Some fire. Yep. And, uh, but I, I touched on something. Midnight snacks, late night yes. snacks, uh, bread. I think I mentioned before, special lady friend has a fondness for baking bread for yeah. me regardless. I, and, I, and I mean, I appreciate it. I appreciate it to the extent that it's problematic now officially because I've been telling people that I weigh about 180. And I, and I covered this <laughs> last night on uh, Stone Throne Cigars, uh, live from the throne room over on Instagram at Capital It's Media. But uh, I'm walking around now at about a buck 92. Wow. This is gonna this is gonna make you angry. You're at 192. The last time I weighed myself, which was recently, because I've started, so I, I got a little bit lazy on stuff. I mean, I was still working out, but just not as hard. But now I've started working out hard again. So I was able to drop a little bit and um slightly bulk up a little bit. So now I'm at about 194 and still in an XL. I'm about, well, like I said, I'm 192 and I'm still, in, I'm still in the medium and I don't understand that they're not tight. I'm like, you can see I'm wearing it now. Like, yeah. you know, like you could see, look at that. Yeah. So I'm not sure what's going on. 
Yeah. See, this but, is one um, of my old workout shirts. This is a large and the arms come up too high. It's a little bit, it feels a little tight in places. It, it's very weird. It's very weird, but, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know if I need to drop or not. And like, what, for why? Like, like what, what, what do I have? Like a match coming up next week that I have to make weight for? Like, it's, it's always been hard for me to like work out if there's not like the immediate threat that <laughs> like somebody's going to kick my ass if I don't, you know? So I, I, it's, it's the bread and I count those bread calories, but maybe I don't count them correctly. Like I eat 2,130 calories a day. Do you, do you keep track? Do you keep track of that? I count my calories. I'm a wow. former fatty. I got to mm. keep myself in check. The thing about me is I'm walking around constantly. Every minute you see me, I could potentially answer the question, hey, Cap, you want to eat a whole pizza with a resounding yep? <laughs> hey, I've been there. I was a, I was a, I was a fat kid till um, the summer after my freshman year of mm. high school. See, and then, and then I decided to turn my life around. <laughs> and, and with the series of Instagram reels. <laughs> then I decided to turn my life around to three more years of rejection from girls. You know, so I was a scrawny scrawny. First of all, I was a big baby. I was a 10-pound baby. I've said it before, probably I'll say it again, but my dad, my dad's first take on me was it looked like I could take a punch when I was a, <laughs> when I was a newborn. Which is interesting, the thing. Um, Did he test that theory? I, I don't know because you don't remember, you know, right? I yeah. mean, and and I took it uh, apparently. You know. Yeah, proud but, dad. Uh, and then and then I I was like ten pounds and like twenty one inches long. Like I was a big freaking kid when you were born. Then, yeah, jeez, poor mom. Yeah, yeah, and my mom, rest her soul, she was like five foot two, a hundred and ten pounds. <laughs> like I, I was a significant portion of her body weight. Uh, you yeah, know? that's that's not that can't be fun. No, and, and maybe that's what strained the rest of our relationship. Come to think of it, because we didn't, maybe she never let me live that down in some dark corner of her mind. But uh, and if anyway. there are any if there are any women listening to this that are pregnant or have had kids, I really feel like I can understand what that would have felt like. I, I totally get it. I, totally, I can, you know, I, I love the, it, it, I, I love those. And if there's any pregnant women out there listening, um, I, my heart goes out to you. If you have one of those significant others that says we're pregnant. Yeah. 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 Because uh, he's not going through anything. I can not, tell you not much from being on the other side of things. Yeah. Not I much. mean, we have to listen to some complaining. Sure. But I mean, that's about it. I'm not mm -hmm. popping a human being out from any particular orifice in my body. We no. are not pregnant. I'm not retaining water. No, we're not retaining water. But uh, mm. anyway, so I went from being a huge baby to being a very scrawny kid until I was like five foot seven or eight yeah. until I was like a pretty middle teenager, like 15, 16. Yeah. And then at like 17, I want to say, I shot up to the huge height of five foot tennis. <laughs> Your growth spurt. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then I had my, my horizontal growth spurt at maybe like 19. Well, see, I was 
did you so you played baseball in high school so i'm guessing you were fit through that time right i mean baseball ready but i also (laughs) but you pitched too right you were a pitcher yeah 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 yeah. and um and i did the wrestling thing there too Mm. uh, you know during that period of time or you know part of my wrestling stuff was in that period of time so yeah I, i guess i was in good shape but i was probably in good shape like as far as wrestling like I was probably in like very good shape as long as like the other person was within three pounds of me. But if they were any bigger, I was in like a lot of trouble. Like, I I think I was like, like that, but yeah, thank God for weight classes. But yeah. So, so did you sport when you were a kid? When I, so yeah. So when I was actually, when I was in, and it's, it's kind of lame, but when I was in what, I don't know, like elementary school or something, whenever the coach is still pitching, I was probably one of the best players. Like I hit, I could hit really well and stuff. Of course, you're not going up any, against any real competition, but I could hit really well. And I was a first baseman. I was actually not bragging, but for that age, I was a good first baseman. Then I stopped playing because we started moving around a bunch. But then in high school, me and three friends that had all, sorry, had all had the same experience. We had played when we were younger, decided to go out for high school baseball because we we're like, oh yeah, we were all really good when we were younger. We got annihilated. My one friend ended up quitting. Me and my other friend, a couple after we had traveled to games and just literally sat on the bench and watched everybody else play, we decided uh, maybe this isn't for us. We go mm-hmm. to the coach and we tell the coach, hey, we're we're just not getting to play a lot. I mean, practices are fun, but I, I mean, it just doesn't seem worth our time. And his inspiring words to us were, yeah, there's a lot of talent on this team. You guys wouldn't have got to play. Oof. <laughs> I mean, in a way, that's good coaching. You don't want to, like, send somebody down some kind of, like, negative rabbit hole that they're never going to come out the other end of and waste. Like, find something you're good at, you know? He's probably thinking, have you thought of butterfly collecting? Yeah. From how how I've seen you guys play out there, have you thought of um, being a manager for the basketball team? Right. You know, those guys need towels. Yeah. They need towels. They need to make sure their rack of basketballs are out there when they want to warm up. Have you guys considered you could, I mean, right. by your senior year, you might letter for being a manager. Exactly. I, uh, or, or, you know, if you really want to test the boundaries, the outer limits of your physical talent, you could see if the football team needs a towel guy. Yeah. Or, or if, if you think or a, gator, you, no, a Gatorade guy, a I was going to say, guy. if you think so you're both strong enough, one. if you can combine your strength, you could probably carry that Gatorade uh, thermos or whatever. I, I I I don't have much football experience, so this, so, so I, I have a little I have a little bit, um, because when I was later on in my athletic career, I, when you're on a wrestling team, you're always under somewhat of a consideration if the football team needs like a warm body, <laughs> just know. somebody to get in the way of somebody else. Right, just like stand there. Yeah, like yeah. You see that guy that's uh, twice your size. He's going to sprint at you. But the lucky thing is, you're going to take the hit instead of the quarterback. And uh, this all culminated in me having absolutely no stories pertaining to that. Because I will tell you, from being in a weight room or the the workout room, not the locker room. I'm not going locker room. Being in like the weight room, being in the exercise room of. of wrestlers is complete and boxers which are very similar 
um, very different than being in the weight room of football players. My assumption is that it's much quieter. Even professional wrestling. And there's no real rate like professional wrestling when I was when I was at like the wrestling academy, which would be where you would have like some kind of a weight room. It was basically just like a bench and free weights that you would have in your garage that were outside of the ring when we were just like, you know, working out. And uh, it was very quiet. And, and you walk into a football player filled weight room. And they're yelling and screaming and grunting and grit and like getting and like smacking each other. And I was like, like, God, this is not for me. Well, they got to be wearing the shirts too, where their nipples are hanging out. So basically they're not, they're wearing like a loincloth for their torso. Yeah. I don't understand what that is. And again, I don't have enough experience being a football player. I, I mean, like, I played football a bunch, but I played like, you know, outside my apartment building yeah. as a kid. We played tackle football or touch if we were in the street. Yeah. And it's a fun sport. But something apparently happens when you put on shoulder pads and it changes <laughs> your life. Forever. Well, yeah, because because you're almost to some degree, you're, you're almost, you know, invincible. Like you already you already you already got your ego all inflated and then they put these things on you. So it's like, oh, now I can hardly be hurt. Yeah, I, I, my dad, my dad, uh, he actually at a certain point, can't remember how it lines up timeline. If it was around, it must have been around the time I'm talking about. But he, he popped on a new pair of shoulder pads and a helmet for me, which is a big deal. Yeah, big deal, uh, financially speaking, and just like you know, like with his thoughts of me actually sticking to it, you know, and it was so. Uh, like, have you ever wore shoulder pads in a football helmet? Nope. And I'm not even talking about like playing because nope. I very, I, I don't even know if I played with them on. Like, I don't, football I helmet, yes. Football helmet, yes. Just to mess around, but like not playing. Just, yes. I, I as, put, as, as a comedy prop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my characters. I just haven't revealed him yet. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. I'm looking forward. But uh, it's so insanely uncomfortable. Just I would ridiculous. Imagine. Yeah, like, I would imagine. I don't I did martial arts when I was in high school after baseball didn't work out. And even just in tournaments to wear like the, it's like a foam helmet. It's really, it's not going to protect you from anything, truth be told. But even just wearing that was uncomfortable. So I can't imagine wearing a helmet with a thing across your face and pads that, pads that don't really aren't ergonomic for you. Like you're just hoping they fall in the right place. Right. You got this off the rack. Yeah, literally. And, and, yeah. and your shoulders are pretty much the same as everybody else's. And, you know, I don't remember what was uncomfortable. I just remember everything. It's like ridiculous. And then you have to squeeze a jersey over it. Yeah. Oh. When I think with the with the football helmets, too, it's like I remember I think I tried a couple on a sports store when I was looking for a baseball glove. And I remember there was like one size and I put that on and it was like floating. And then the other the other size right down, I couldn't get over my head. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a big noggin too. So part of the problem I'm sure was I had to get a big enough noggin, a big enough helmet to fit over my noggin. And I'm still kind of in my skinny period. So I'm like bobble heading around. Right. Like my neck is like, I'm, I'm doing the Indian thing again. And I'm <laughs> insulting Sajish Parathas parents. <laughs> yeah. Right. Unintentionally. of Unintentionally. Course, yeah. Still. Still. And, and they walk it. They walk into the sports store right when you're doing that. 
Kaplowitz, of course. What are what are you course. doing, Noah? What are no, no, I don't so, understand. No. Saj is dead. Is working behind the counter at Play It <laughs> Against Sports. Just looking at me, and I'm like, oh God, what are you doing? Oh no, I'm in trouble now, <laughs> Mr. Kaplowitz. Take your money, <laughs> take your son, and get out of my store. It is no good here. <laughs> oh gosh, no. But, It's funny. So, so um, this, is this turning into a sporting episode? Which, in, in, in the interest of full disclosure, I might have some stories as far as sports, but I don't have a lot of sporting experience. Truth be told, I'm no, uh, I'm no like uh, I was never very far along. But I, I can tell you a story from the Sandlot days. Sure. Do, do you baseball? Do you know um, fungoing like self hit like throw up the baseball? Mm. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I never. What, what did you call it? Fungo. It's actually oh. fungo. Like when when they when the coach gives or a coach or another player gives um, outfielders practice, they have like a special long thin bat and they throw the ball up and they self hit it out to the outfield. Yeah, I know it. what you're talking that's about. I they, never knew that was. That's, that's how they that's shag flies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and I think that might be an antiquated term. So you, you might not get any cool points if you use it in conversation. But give it a shot. People um, might people might accuse me of being um, against somebody or. Hate, hateful uh, towards somebody or I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You, you, you could explain like, well, I'm from another generation. I'm yeah, I, ha I have this friend Cap and he said this was fine to say. Oh, you have a friend, do you? <laughs> my, my, my one friend Cap said this was okay to say. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, growing up, we had two forms of playing like uh, baseball, you know, sandlot baseball. One was stickball and that involves a pitcher batters up against the wall there's no catcher there's a box drawn in the yep. wall you know yep never really played that very much as far as a hitter because that's when i found out i could pitch and absolutely nobody could hit off of me nice. i was like thunderous with that like uh, jesus christ as far as i know i'm still a legend in in, in brooklyn I would outside Brighton, <laughs> you know in, in beach haven you've got But, a plaque uh, you've got a plaque up somewhere you don't even know about I don't even know about. I'm like, and and somehow it's in one of the Koreas, and yeah. I have no idea. Like, and, I, I'm and there's some to stories about people that are famous. Like, they're like one hit wonders or underground, you know, fan favorites here, or like cult. You know, they have like a mm -hmm. smattering of fans here, but in like Zimbabwe, they're huge. Yeah, they're like worshipped. Yeah, you know, it's, like, it's like a strange phenomenon. But you know anyway, who's more the, important? Uh, real quick, uh, you know who's more important than the guy that has his his actual the plaque on the wall for him. Mm. is the guy that walks past once a week and says that he used to know that guy. <laughs> That's his whole life story. That's his yeah. whole. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I, I like, I knew him. Like there was a time where we were walking past each other on the sidewalk. He said, hi. He's like, Hey, like, I, well, I, well I, that, that comes out in the, in the ensuing conversation that comes out because he's flagging people down to tell them like, as they're passing <laughs> by the statue, like I knew him. And, and you know, and, he was and, there. And, You know, he was there when they were putting the plaque up and measuring it to make sure it was all square and going to be straight. He's like, it's about time. It's about time. I knew that guy. He's it's been a long time coming. And then somebody inevitably asks, like, oh, what was he like? And then it comes out like, well, I really didn't know him, know him. My, my cousin hung out with him. My cousin's little brother. Or they throw out, out the, more. they throw out the thing like, so what was he like? I mean, he he seemed like a really cool guy. <laughs> anyway. So the other style. And then, well, then he baseball. has to tell you too, like if your plaque's going up for baseball, he has to tell you too, hell of a baseball player. Oh, well, really? I mean, really? Yeah. 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 Th thanks, for thanks for letting us know that.
Hence the plaque sounds like it should be the title of this episode. Hence the <laughs> hence, plaque. Hence the plaque. Okay. See what I can do. Let's see, see, what, see if you know somebody. But anyway, so the other form, other than in a stickball, was we would get like a baseball baseball and a real baseball baseball bat. Yeah. And we'd self-hit. So we, like everybody else would line up. You know, like there would be like a second baseman, a first baseman, everybody else would line up. And the batter would hit the ball. Right. And yep. it would be like no pitcher. It would be like a baseball game with no pitcher. Right. Okay. And I was absolute, again, I am not bragging. I was. Pr- I could probably hit the ball further than anyone in, nice. in, my, uh, in that game, in that continuous game of pick up whatever the heck baseball that is. And so outside my parents' apartment, where I, of course, lived, there was a large lot uh of grass and then there was like a pathway and a whole other lot and then there was a street and then across that street there was key food supermarket okay okay i could hit the ball self-hit you know throw it up swing as hard as you can i could i could make a ball go into roll into key food parking lot like i'm not saying like i could hit Maybe once or twice, I actually hit one bounce. And sometimes we played the other way, and I would hit the ball over uh, Dank Court, was the street, believe it or not, mm-hmm. Dank Court. And I would hit the ball over those little garden apartment houses, mm-hmm. like like clear over. Like the ultimate home run is hitting it over a building. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. You so, hit it over anything when you're a kid, it's a home run. So <clears throat> let alone a building, even if yeah. it's like a, a two- or three-story garden apartment. But anyway, anyway. So I was fantastic at this. But then I found out that I can't hit a pitched ball to save <laughs> my death perceptionless life. <laughs> I would I would miss by so far. And, and really the only times I was forced to do this was when I was in Little League. Mm-hmm. Because then you have to play like you can't self-hit Little League. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not T-ball anymore. I would astound the coaches by how much I missed by. Isn't, like I had, uh, isn't that a thing, and, though? I know when I was younger anyway, maybe maybe not. Maybe I totally misperceived it or something. But isn't that a thing where pitchers typically aren't the best hitters? Yeah, yeah. But usually it's just because they don't pay a lot of uh, – they don't spend a lot of time learning the craft. Gotcha. They're learning their own separate craft. That makes sense. They're not, they're not taking batting practice – they're doing their own practice, yeah. you know, but I was so far off. Like, <laughs> I, like I still don't quite understand how far off I was. Like I would swing when the ball was like six feet past me or in front of me. <laughs> so it was beyond the, it was beyond the realm of, well, I've been spending so much time practicing pitching that I haven't really. Right, 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 right. And I had a nice swing, I believe. It's just like, <laughs> hold on. How can you have a nice? <laughs> how can well, you have a nice? <laughs> I can. I can have a nice swing if nobody pitched to me. My like technique... if there was no ball involved, my technique is flawless. flawless. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. <laughs> flawless technique, zero results. <laughs> zero. I literally went. I literally in little league went whole seasons without making contact with the ball. <laughs> 
I was I I, I want to say there were two years that I could think of off the top of my head that I went over at bat for the entire year. <clears throat> now are they in little league? Are they allowed to do like a pitch hitter? No, everybody got to play. Oh. Like I, I I remember actually asking. I was like, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And the coach would be like, No, everybody gets to play. Like it's a good thing. Like he's still saying it. Like it's a good thing. Everybody gets to play. It's horrifying when you suck. Did he say? Did he do this? So <clears throat> he goes up to young, young Cap as you're saying. Like, well, is there any way somebody else can hit for me? Because I think I can run. And he says, Oh no! It's like this. He says, Oh no! Everybody, everybody has to play. And then he just rolls his eyes and walks back into the dugout. No, no, he was really like, this is good news. You see, the rule everybody gets to play is only good news for the kids that are good. <laughs> it's horrific. It is, yeah. For kids that are not. Like, I'd almost rather have been on a, I would gladly have given up every one of my at-bats <laughs> in my Little League <laughs> career. And, and to this day, I'm not sure if I was fast. You mentioned running. Yeah, I don't know. I just... Thought may, maybe that would be like the advantage you had. Like, well, if this guy hits, no, no, for no. You... I know. I, I fashioned myself because I always liked the mental aspect of the game mm-hmm. of baseball. Like, uh, so I threw my arm out essentially at a very young age, and I had to adapt to being like a smart pitcher. You know, okay. from from my from my shitty little career that I'm talking about, like it was a huge <laughs> thing. But in my brain, I had to develop into like a John Smoltz, not right. a Roger Clemens. Okay. <laughs> And uh, or Greg Maddox. Let me give myself a little more bullshit credit. But um, anyway, anyway, I, I also like the dated names that I'm using. Mm-hmm. Like I have no idea who the who anybody is anymore in the game of baseball. But and, and anyway, and I was like that in the game itself. Like I always like like the sneak the sneaky plays, like the stealing the bases. Not okay. the the home runs bored me. The strikeouts bored me. I I, I liked like stuff like I like to like. Okay, like I'm I'm gonna pitch this guy in such a way that I should tell my outfielders to line up in such a way. Yeah. Cause I want him to hit it, but I want him to hit it. it, it like I I like with everything, I overthought the game of baseball. But I like to think I was fast because speed is part of the smart game. Mm-hmm. You know, and it felt like I was running fast, but I never got I never, but you see, here's the thing. I never got any feedback saying, man, Cap, you're fast. <laughs> you move out there. You get wheels. You got wheels. I never got slow. Mm-hmm. I never got feedback that I was slow. But I never got feedback that I was fast. So you were probably, you probably fell into the, you probably fell into the category of, he'll, he'll probably make it to second? Yeah, maybe he could stretch it out into a double. I don't know. Let's roll them bones. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I don't know, like, I, but like at a certain point, I literally prided myself at being fast because as far as offense, that's all I had. You know, like I, I could pray that you walked me and yeah. then maybe I'd cause some havoc on the bases with my with my intense speed, you know, and, and I don't know. Like I, I remember thinking to myself somewhere along the line, I used to be a huge, still am, always was a huge pro wrestling fan. Okay. And I remember <laughs> listening to some kind of, I can't remember who it was. It was a color commentator in a professional wrestling environment. And he called somebody quicker than a hiccup. Okay. Huh. Quicker than a hiccup. Quicker than a hiccup. Quicker than a hiccup. And I'm like, I don't know, like nine or 10 years old. Okay. Playing little league. 
and I finally get a walk, which is the only way that I would get on base. <laughs> okay. And I remember in my, in my figure 10 year old mind thinking to myself in my polyester uh, baseball Jersey, remember like back in the day, they oh, had, yeah. like, the heavy polyester <clears throat> stuff that they used to like give to everybody. Yeah. L- like it was like a hand-me-down from some other kid that couldn't play yeah. in, 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 in little league. Probably hadn't been, probably hadn't been washed. And the sweat accumulated in it because Mm -hmm. it was like, seriously, it was like, it was like a quarter inch thick polyester. Mm -hmm. You know, it was terrible. So I'm over there in my bright orange Gil Hodges, 100% polyester, quarter of an inch thick jersey, finally got on first base because the other kid couldn't pitch and walked me. I never took the bat off my shoulder because I knew what would happen. And I'm on there and I'm, and I'm taking my lead off first base, Bill. Yep. And I'm thinking to myself, quicker than a hiccup, quicker than a hiccup, quicker than a hiccup. I am taking fast. my taking my taking my lead off first base quicker than a hiccup. And then like the coach comes over to me and says, "We're not allowed to take leads yet." Uh, Every time I would always forget because I get so carried away. Yeah, because like you know when you're a certain age, you're not allowed to really even steal a base. And I'm thinking right. Ricky Henderson, quicker mm-hmm. than a hiccup, mm-hmm. quicker than a hiccup. Ricky Henderson. I'm taking my lead. I'm dangling my fingers like this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because that helps. You, you know, it's like, it's like your, your 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 twitch muscles. You're quick. You're quick. Yeah. You're quicker in a hit. Quicker in a hiccup. Quicker in a hiccup. And the coach would come over to me every freaking time. Captain, you're not allowed to take leads. Quicker in a hiccup. And as the coach <sighs> walks away, God, this guy can't hit. He doesn't know that we can't take leads. Fifty <laughs> times. I, I I don't know what's going on here. Is everything okay at home, little calf? Like what is it? Cap, have you thought about managing for a basketball team? I was so baseball crazy. <laughs> I like baseball a lot when I was a little too. Yeah, I was so uh, so. I so <laughs> this is like a whole huge story, but I'm gonna try to hit some some low points here for the <laughs> listening enjoyment. My dad got me. My dad took me down once a year to Sal's Sneakers. I think it was off McDonald Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Don't quote me on it. I was like, I'm not sure where it was. It might have been Sheepshead Bay. I don't know. It was Sal's Sneakers. And he would get me a new pair of sneakers about once a year. And he got me this new pair of sneakers one year. And it was around the time when Nolan Ryan, I think, was setting all kinds of strikeout records. Yeah. Okay. I'm aging myself. Yeah. And, and, uh, I think it was like, what was the big hallmark, like 4,000 or 5,000 Ks strikeouts? I don't know. And I was at this point throwing a ball really fast against the the outside of my apartment building and striking everybody out and, you know, practicing and just basically blowing my arm out because nobody was there to tell me like, hey, little cap, you're going to hurt your arm doing that for no reason. Yeah. You know, so, so I'm out not, there. That, that arm's not taking you anywhere. No reason to ruin it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need that later in your job moving papers, you, you know, like across desks. But anyway, so I took it on myself that I was one day going to have the record myself like nolan ryan was just borrowing this record it's he's he's holding it for me yeah. you know he's nolan ryan is a mere placeholder in uh, in, in 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 the history of baseball he knows he kn- comes along. Yeah, he knows he's coming up so on my new pair 
I don't know what they were, but I know they were white. These new pairs, this new pair of sneakers that my dad got me from Sal Sneakers. And uh, <laughs> and I took a pen, a, a blue ballpoint Bic pen. And on these brand new sneakers, I wrote my mantra for throwing a ball as hard as I can against the wall outside my parents' barn building in Brooklyn, New York. I wrote 5,000 strikeouts and, and 5K and all kinds of Ks on it. So, like, it was my thing. It was like quicker and a hiccup, quicker and a hiccup, you know? And my dad saw this and he was so mad yep. that I couldn't tell if he was in fact mad. Like, he went so far around the mad sphere that he came up around scary yeah. calm like 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 <clears throat> happy and mad connected and it was all mad but it had the smile <laughs> yes <it had> this, <laughs> this the, the most off-putting smile yeah i have ever experienced in my life yeah yes like what what, what can i do to this kid and get away with it <laughs> I'm, right. glad, I'm glad you did that son <laughs> that's so uh that's great uh, yeah. and look and look the, the ink is actually smearing all over the rest of the shoe i like that <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Because ballpoint ink, ballpoint uh, pen ink, not really very. Let's see, not it's a permanent durable. marker. Not a so it's this weird like it'll never come off. Mm -hmm. Yep. But it won't ever look like it's but like it'll be like a smudge. Yes. That never comes off. Yeah. Which probably saved me because, like, I didn't really need to be walking around with 5,000 strikeouts written on my new white shoes. Well, you did need to be, yeah. But I was so into baseball, and I don't know what happened, but I can't watch the sport for, like, since since I stopped playing, which was, like, forever ago. I can't watch that game. Yeah. It's so boring. I, I Yeah, B baseball's a hard one to watch. I remember watching a little bit when I was a kid, but I don't. Man, I, I honestly couldn't tell you if I made it through a whole game. So fast forward decades and fast forward thousands of miles and moments. And I'm sitting in uh, Eugene, Oregon with Lewis. Yep. And it's the 4th of July, Phil. Mm -hmm. And we're playing a team. We, I wasn't on the field. The Eugene Emeralds. We're are playing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Go team. And, and they're playing. The Eugene Emeralds are playing a team from Boise, I believe. And like I said, it's the 4th of July. I can't remember what years is years. A few years ago, Lewis was just like a, coming out of being a toddler, maybe, or something like that. And it's the 4th of July. Let's go see a baseball game. This is America. Right. Okay. <laughs> How long does a, does a baseball game usually take? A nine-inning game? Forever. Right. Now, imagine. That's the correct response. Now, imagine. For the sake of argument, this game we go to lasts something like 21 innings. Ugh. Okay. I kid you not. You could probably look this up. 
I'll be honest, just I wouldn't have been there past 10th inning. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> there's several factors at play. You know, like there's such a thing as getting married to the pot. You're throwing money and you're throwing money and you got to keep on throwing money and you already threw money in. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, the other key element at play here in this like six hour game or something, I don't remember how many hours, but it was like a seriously like it passed the 20 inning mark, I believe. You could like, again, this is probably Googleable. Fourth of July game, a Boise, Idaho team at the Eugene Emeralds ballpark. Can't remember the name of it. Was it PK Park then? Anyway, at the sixth or seventh inning, Phil, they take down the inflatable slide where the kids actually want to be. Yes. Okay. And so from the seventh or so inning on, I'm trying to entertain my barely post-toddler. And I'm talking about baseball. And look, the outfielders are doing this. You see the third baseman is hugging the bag. You know, like they're trying to keep the runner on. The first baseman is sneaking up on there. And the pitcher is going to throw over. And my, my Lou, my snack tray, is just looking at me like I'm retarded. Right. And this, I, I don't care that I just don't care. When are we going to get nachos? And, and I'm over there and people are leaving, but I'm married to the pot. You see, (laughs) And, and and as they're passing you, they're like, man, he's keeping his kid up late at the end of this. Yeah. I, I go somewhere at the, 12th inning, I go from being a great dad to being a, neg- a negligent <laughs> parent. But we're still there. Yeah. And there's fireworks that are supposed to be after the show. Right. And I can't remember what happened, but I don't think the fireworks even did because it was like, there was like some kind of like after two o'clock in the morning, you can't set off fireworks or something. Don't call me on it. That's, that's reasonable. Anyway, so... There's just me and like four, uh, there, there's like, there's like us and like four other sets of people at this park, roughly, give or take, you know, and Lewis is falling asleep on me, you know, he's, he's doing, he's doing the thing like we're sitting together at the subway and he's like falling asleep yeah. on me and I'm like pushing him off of me and then never mind, I'll, you know, I laid him out on my lap and he's sleeping on my lap and every once in a while I'll wake him up like, oh, that guy almost hit a home run and he's yeah. like, oh, sleeping. You know, so I believe, like, let's say the 21st inning, Boise wins. Okay. Yep. Kind of a bummer. Yeah. The home team didn't win. We're still there. And I have my glove. Nice. Right. A little funny thing about my glove. This is old as shit. And people listening, this means nothing to them. But I keep it. I actually played with this. And hold on, getting it on my fat. My hand doesn't fit in anymore. Anyway, here, here. It's all all that bread. Can you you see that? (laughs) Big daddy. Got my name on it. Anyway. (laughs) So I got my glove. I got Lewis's little plastic glove. It's yeah. on his sleeping hand, you know, 
and one of the kids and they're kids. It's a, it's an a ball league. It's like a rookie a ball league. They're like the better high school players. Yeah. We're watching for six hours, you know, and they're doing great. And one of the Boise, Idaho players comes over to us. One of the last remaining groups of people. And he flicks us this. Nice. Not you got bad. a game ball. Yeah, it's nice. And that's awesome, mm-hmm. dude. And it he literally awesome. had he had literally had to wake up my kid who couldn't wake up enough to answer the question, <laughs> do you want this ball? And to me, it's one of the huge memories of being Lewis's dad. You know? Yep. Every once in a while, I tell Lewis this story. And he has zero recollection Naturally. of it ever happening. Yeah. His, his brain has blocked that out. That was, but I mean, wow. That, yeah. it, but I don't know why I told that whole story. I'm going to tell Lewis and I'm going to bore him with it again. Every <laughs> once in a while, I like to pull Lewis aside and tell him the story. You know, <laughs> keep, keep him honest. Yeah. Hey, come here. Come here. Yeah. My, uh, my wife being as sweet as she is, I was throwing uh me and my son were playing catch last summer summer before and i have i I have the same thing i have a glove that i got so i had this really this glove i loved for a couple years and then i forgot it at a playground when me and my brother were playing i went back 10 minutes later gone so i convinced my mom to buy me another glove and so i've had that glove this glove now for like gosh over 30 years (laughs) could you imagine how old we are oh i know and so, so I'm playing catch and so, some of the, some of the leather stitching is kind of like tearing up now and stuff. I mean, this glove's been great. Um, but my wife, as sweet as she is, she's like, do you want a new glove? And I, I just asked her this very, very straight faced for what? What so, am I, I what, mean, what is a new glove? Prime, what is a new we, glove going to do for me? But aren't we prime softball aged? Oh, league? yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely in that age where it's like we brag to our friends at work about how awesome we did at the local field playing softball last night. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude, I hit it to the fence last night. You and know then, what's um, keeping me? And then somehow. Somehow I was able to run around the bases faster than a 60 year old guy in center field was able to throw the ball back in. (laughs) You know, what's keeping me from playing softball right now, other than time constraints and not wanting to pride and dignity. Yes. In the form of waking up the next day, sore from playing (laughs) softball. I play an annual game with with my job, we do like this city county thing and I play an annual game with them. The first year I was really sore because I decided to slide. So that year I realized, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and here's the thing. I was sore immediately after I slid immediately after I slid, I was sore. Like I tore something like I didn't have to, I didn't get any medical treatment obviously, but I tore something. I knew some, okay. I damaged myself sliding, which I deserve for sliding at my age. That was the game I re- and I wore pants because I was like, I'm gonna wear pants in case I need to slide. Shorts. Oh God, you had your shorts. sliding pants on. Shorts every year since. Never sliding it, again. Never sliding yeah, again. It, you know, it's funny because Lewis, 
Mm. Oh, real quick. Through. Sorry, sorry. Oh, oh you're, you're And good. I don't even know why I slid because I've been traumatized about sliding. I was already out of baseball by this point, except the high school thing. But in middle school, when I went to this new school, after a while, they um, I caught on. They called this one kid Twister. And so I was like, I, I was like, and he wasn't really affinity. He he was fine with that. I was like, why do they call you Twister? He said, well, when I was in playing baseball in little league or whatever, he said I slid, and I slid on my belly and my cup twisted twisting my testicles that i I never so the left one was the right one from there on out he had to get he had to get them he had to get them untwisted he had to get them untwisted so that from that point on i never slid until that day of softball a couple years ago because it's like that there's no risk i'm ever i'm not going to be twister too first of all I was so into baseball and, 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 and quicker into hiccup. I knew the proper way was to slide feet first, the hook slide pop up. And then you can make another base. If something happened, if they, if they drop the ball, you're in running, you pop up, you're running. Anyway, anyway. So Lewis a few years ago and kind of still, but he's in and out. He's way into skate at times. He's way into skating skateboards, you know, and he wanted me to get a longboard because that's what old guys use out here out here i live in a place where like 40 50 year olds skate around on longboards well it's on the way to work too right so you got your like leather bag over your shoulder and <sighs> not, not my cup of tea that's that's for kids uh-huh. it's a young man's game skating <laughs> in my opinion <laughs> and, making and it I, making it a longboard does not change that we actually went to a skate shop and i looked at a longboard and i took it off of the longboard rack and I put it on the ground and I said to myself, I said, so (laughs) I don't have another fall left in me. Mm -hmm. I will shatter. Like I feel it in my bones. I will break. And this is like when I was younger, when I was in my twenties, when I was doing the wrestling stuff and when I was just being a goof, I would frat, I would prat fall down flights of stairs. Yeah. I knew in my heart, in my soul, in that skate shop, looking at that longboard, that if it did something squirrely on me and I had to eat it, I would be in a wheelchair for maybe the rest of my life. More than likely. And then I have to tell people. Well, how I got in this wheelchair, you see, is I was skating. Dude, you're not even getting that far. What you're telling people is, see, what happened is I put this longboard on the floor of the store and I stepped on it and then things went south. Thankfully, nobody knows how stupid I was by doing this because (laughs) I'm trying to tell this story. But what's coming out are guttural sounds like... Cap, what happened to you? I I, got to type it in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Is is this about sports or getting old? Both. There's a both. Hey, be thankful for that because we could be the old guys that are sitting here saying of, we would we would have gone to state had it not been for this 
jerk uh, Jake McCallahan. I was, I, just to be clear on the record, I was never going to state. I, I, I was, I was, I was never going to be a professional athlete. I was, I, I just, I was never going to do it. But there's something lingering that's that that left an indelible mark, akin to smeared uh, ballpoint penning, mm-hmm. but on my soul. Where, and I'm going to be serious for a second. You could tell because of the pregnant pause. Yeah, we're pregnant. We're pregnant. Pause. <laughs> we should be. We should be in labor anytime now. And meaning, I'm going to have a pizza, and she's going to scream <laughs> and pass a human through an orifice. Anyway, back to those days of Lil Cap wanting to be the next Nolan Ryan, and really having some a, really like I was a good pitcher. But always like unofficially, like mm-hmm. in pickup games, in sandlot games, I would throw the ball and throw the ball against the brick wall of my apartment building. Fast. I even had a little bit of a curveball, which I shouldn't have been throwing a curve yet, you know. And is this a story of being underprivileged? Because I was never connected. Like, to an organization where a coach could meaningfully take me aside and introduce me to leagues and to places where I could be seen. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just outside towing an imaginary rubber, throwing against the wall until my arm fell off, Yes, you know, with dreams of making it big. And there's times in my adult life where it feels like I've never stopped being that kid throwing that ball to nobody seeing it. Sure. You know what I mean? And I was thinking about that a lot recently. And so there's this one time I was in Gil Hodges little league and it wasn't the league to be in because they just, you know, it was not a serious league. And I was over the season or amid being over the season <laughs> And on your way, they wouldn't let me pitch. They kept on wanting me to be over. And the coach's sons were always pitching. And the the right kids were always pitching. And I remembered one day, I'm like, you know, I'm going to show this guy that I could pitch. And I took to the mound in just warm ups or practice. I can't remember which. And there was a catcher there because the other pitcher was playing. Like I had to cut in line, like, give me the ball. Mm-hmm. Like I, I nutted up, you know, give me the ball. And I threw the ball and it was so hard that it scared the catcher. And he, he left and then the, the catcher catcher came in after a couple and I was throwing to him, you know, and I'm just like lighting it up straight down the middle, super fast for my age, you know? Yep. And I'm thinking like, I'm going to make myself my opportunity, you know? And the coach finally saw me. Yep. Mm -hmm. The coach finally sees me and he goes to whoever's with him, the other coaches and a couple of players or whatever that I was not in the cool group of. Right. And he yells out to me, Hey, did you take your vitamins today? Wow. And I would he th- like to he say, thinks you have he thinks you have one day of greatness in you. <laughs> and I would like to say that I got an opportunity to pitch, but I went 0 for 4 instead. 
Mm. So never had that, didn't until much later have any kind of an opportunity. By the time I blew my little arm out, I had an opportunity to be Greg Maddox instead of Roger yeah. Clemens. I just want to believe that when you were pitching into your into your apartment wall, I just want to believe that every time you had you hit like three pitches, you're like, got him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Struck him out. Yeah. Oh, my elbow hurts a little. Oh, I thought to myself, that was weird. I should good. I should throw more curveballs. Yeah. No, it is it's funny because like sometimes I put myself in a dark place, Phil, where <laughs> I'm 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 writing. Uh, and I'm like, oh my God, I, I feel a little bit like that kid throwing a ball as fast and hard as he could against the side of my parents' building with nobody watching. You know, I have to shake those feelings. Oh yeah, that's that's me in my basement every time I drum. <laughs> <laughs> and and literally nobody's watching. <laughs> <laughs> There's not even the opportunity for a passerby no. to go, oh, he's throwing hard. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's yeah, it's uh, it's tough. Maybe it, it, it's tough. Yeah. Like, and, and I spend a lot of my time as a parent now trying to line my kid up with the opportunity, like if he does throw really hard or if he does, you know, something really well to put him in the right position to be seen by the right people. Mm-hmm. And it would really help if he was good at anything. Sure. That's that's that. That's, We're that's still a- looking. Yeah, that's a supportive parent coming through right there. We're still looking. I just want to I just want to believe you say that to him like, oh, man, if you could if you were just good at something, I could really guide you. <laughs> or try my darndest. <laughs> We'd be in this together. We'd be pregnant, Lou. Yeah, we. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be on our way. We would be on our way. And. uh with the understanding that when you strike a rich, I have like a room in your house when I'm old, no, you know, no. that, that's the payback. No, my, no, no, no. Your kid gets rich and you have your own really, really nice house. He buys me a house. Yes. Yeah. If he's grateful, he does. That would be neat. If, if he's not. Does if he also pay the property taxes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's got. Wow. And, and, and if he if he doesn't. You take him to court because of all the stuff you tried to do to support him. <laughs> by hook or by crook. Yeah. I have it made. Yeah. And uh, like, it, so yeah, I, I was it the last episode. You take I him, you actually, take it. He's your actually son, good at writing. Your son gets, a, your so, son gets great at baseball and he, he makes it big and he's making millions of dollars and he won't give you a, he won't give you a penny. He doesn't buy your house. He doesn't, he doesn't even buy you a, a new bike. He doesn't buy anything. You this take him to court bitch. and, and you're, your sole proof of evidence that he got everything from you are those cleats with 5,000 smearing on them. This is where he got it from. And now I you get see, nothing. You could, you could clear, you could clearly see here. Yeah. Your honor. See how many, see how many, see how many strikeouts I got. And this I get nothing. Smear used to be a K. Yes. Your honor. Back in 1990. something. no, it's a, uh, he's good at writing. He's a really good writer. So I, I make sure the teachers see that. So I, I, I do that. He's yeah. also like a little bit of a, like a language guy. He's, he likes Latin. He oh. opted for the first time in his academic career. They have electives available. You know what he chose for an elective? French. 
Nice. You know what's a really hard language? French. French. Yeah. So part of his little stocking stuffers, I got him some French flashcards and English to French, French to English dictionaries. Nice. And I think we, we are going to be learning French together. That might be our thing. We're going to learn. And say what you will about the French and their French language. I love how elevated and elitist that language is. <laughs> I, just, I would love to be fluent in it and just freak people out by being fluent in French. If you're fluent you in know? French, people just assume you're really, really smart. Right? Right? If I could just nail a couple of phrases, like a, like a smattering, a handful of phrases... That's that would be great. Grow out the stubble. Yep. Maybe open up my shirt a little bit. Yeah. Drop some French here and there. You're gonna become. You're gonna be cap. You're gonna become uh, cap, the guy who can almost talk fluently with his middle school son in French. Lewis and I are gonna be just like walking around the neighborhood, talking in French. But inevitably, and impressing everyone. Lewis will be correcting you. Every other phrase. (laughs) And there's no money in French. He's never going to buy me a house because he could speak French. Yeah, probably not. Mm. What if he what if he develops an a French accent on accident? You know, every once in a while he has like a little bit of a British accent because he grew up watching the British kids scream at games <laughs> on YouTube. Did your kids ever like did your kids do this? Like I know that we they probably watch the same things because all the kids seem to. But do they ever sound a little vaguely British to you, your kids, or is that just Lewis? My, my, well, my son, my son just does voices. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> You passed the gene. Yeah. Yeah. So he, 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 he just does voices. So he, when he does it, he sounds British on purpose and he'll just talk for, he'll talk with his buddies playing games for an hour or so, just talking like that. Wow. Wow. You see the extent of my and Lewis's British is the running joke that we have, or as he would call it a meme. That the Australian accent is just the British accent yelled. So we'll walk around the house with an Australian accent very loudly. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know. But the Latin, the French, the language stuff, he's going to be maybe a writer. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, except he's, I can tell you from experience, I can't buy my own house. He's never going to have a house and then have money to buy me a house. That's when you take this him back. This is a to, problem. That's when you take him to court and you show the, uh, the judge your blog. There you go. And that's not smeared yet. That's not smeared. Yet. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, this, is, this has been a very fun episode. And honestly, I'm been. still... I'm, I'm 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 throwing a ball on a wall and nobody's seeing it. Yeah, damn. I'm I'm killing yeah. it. I'm killing it. My basement. Mm. I bet you are, man. You know what? You're a hell of a drummer, Phil. You know what? You're a hell of a pitcher. Mm-mm. God damn. Seems like we should wrap it up now. Let's do that.
This has been episode number 22 of the first and 15th podcast. You could find it everywhere. Fine podcasts are ignored, including www.comedycigarsmusic.com. Don't forget to what subscribe to it wherever subscribe, you yep. catch it and, and rate comment, it. rate it, review it. Now we got it. We got to make sure we say rate it five stars. Rate. Right. <laughs> Don't forget to poorly rate us because it helps. And actually, we had a review. We did. You were saying. Yeah, we did. It's all uh, emojis. Awesome. You could tell somebody's paying attention. And uh, yeah, so go ahead and do that. Go ahead and visit www.kaplowitz.xyz. And uh, stay tuned for more of this. Drop in the first and 15th of every month, give or take. Oh, and a special edition coming up shortly. Something yep. for the cigar guys to look out for. By the way, I'm smoking a cigar. I too am smoking a cigar. And uh, we will be with an all-star panel assembled, uh, dropping a special edition sometime in probably the beginning of February, end of January. Uh, we're going to be doing a review of the big top 25 list from Cigar Aficionado magazine, the big daddy, yep. if you will. And so stay tuned for that. It's going to be me, Phil, and the all-star panel of others. And that's going to be good for the cigar guys out maybe, there. Maybe we'll tease who the panel is going to be once we get everything confirmed a little bit more. It'll be really suspenseful. Right. It'll be, it'll just knock your socks off. I, I mean, I could tell you Mike Weinstein will be there. Yeah, Mike, Mike, Jersey I don't want to, I don't want to overexcite anyone. <laughs> but Michael Weinstein of the New Jersey Weinsteins will be present for this all-star panel. Yes. As we peruse and share our thoughts of the Cigar Fish and Nato Top 25, that's what's coming around the corner. Also, what's going around the corner is more of this programming. And I just want to take a moment. Is this going to be our final episode of the year as it winds up? Because I know we're working a little ahead. Yes, this will, I think this will be our final episode. So in case it is, I wanted to uh, wish everybody a happy new year. Uh, a Merry Christmas. Uh, Hanukkah is already passed. I wish yours was the happiest Hanukkah ever. I'm not sure when Kwanzaa is, but Superfly Kwanzaa to all those listening who celebrate. And uh, yeah, this has been fantastic and looking forward to another year of First and 15th, another year of Comedy Cigars Music, another year of Kaplowitz Media. And another year of Phil playing drums, just tearing them up in his basement, and me having disturbing remembrances of throwing my arm out in Brooklyn, New York, to nobody. With a brand new pair of shoes. My poor dad. Yeah, really. <laughs>